Welcome to a life-transforming experience with the Word of God from Bishop Napoleon Asian. Napoleon Asian is a son of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the head of the LCI mission in Cape Town, South Africa. With about 20 years experience in ministry, Bishop Napoleon Asian has been actively involved with the work of God in Ghana, UK, and now a missionary in South Africa. He stands with his father in the ministry, teaching and emphasizing his word with extraordinary grace and faith. Join us now as he delivers the word of God under the anointing. Oh, somebody put your hands together. Go ahead. Hallelujah. Lord, your love never fails. Hallelujah. Somebody give the Lord a shout. Amen. Father, we thank you for yet another opportunity to be in your presence. We don't take it for granted, Lord. Thank you that in your presence there's fullness of joy. We give you all the worship, all the adoration. May your name be praised forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Somebody put your hands together and give the Lord a shout. Please be seated in heavenly places. Hallelujah. Wow. Fantastic. We thank God for the blessings of life and what he's doing with us, in us, and also for us. Hallelujah. We've come to a very important aspect of our meeting. And at this point, we want to sow a very precious seed. But before we do that, I want us to read some scriptures. Turn your Bibles with me, if you will, to Genesis. Genesis chapter 28. Genesis chapter 28. Covenanting with God. If you want a title for my short exhortation, before uh, actual preaching is covenanting with God or signing an agreement with God. How many want to know how to sign an agreement with God? Yeah. And you can also learn it, how to sign an agreement with others. So Genesis chapter 28, I'm reading from verse number 10. Okay. The Bible says, and Jacob went out from Beersheba and went towards Haran, and he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night. To tarry means he waited or he slept all night because the sun was set, and he took of the stones of the place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamt. And behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. 
And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac. The land whereon thou liest, to thee I will give it, and to thy seed. 14. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest and will bring thee again into this land. For I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place? This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. This is where we get the shamanized. He poured oil upon the top of it and he called the name of, the, of that place Bethel. Bethel means house of God. But the name of that city was called Luz at first. And Jacob vowed a vow. Somebody say, vowed a vow. It means he covenanted. He entered into agreement. He signed a contract. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will keep me this way that I go and will bring me Oh, sorry, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone, which I have set for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give thee tent. I will surely give the tent unto thee. Hallelujah. Amen. So how to covenant? Covenanting with God. So when we read from verse number 10, the Bible says that Jacob traveled. He was journeying. He traveled and when he got to a place, the sun was set. It means it was getting dark. There was no sun. Okay. In those days, I mean, you need the sun to move around. So when the sun is set, you cannot make a headway. So he had to sleep. So, and in the, it wasn't like by a road. It wasn't like it's a road. It, uh, bushes, wherever you are going, you are, you are journeying. So when it gets late, you just have to look for a place. You clear the place and you, you sleep. And he had to use stones. He had to pick stones and use it for his pillows. 
and I'm, I'm surprised that the Bible did not say he picked a stone for his pillow, but it said he takes stones for his pillows. So it, it's like even one or two stones he can roll on it or something. Have you? This is what uh, Bob Marley saying. Rockstone was my pillow last night. <laughs> Have you heard that song, Talking Blues? Talking? Yeah, okay. So Bob Marley was quoting from here. It's quoting from the Bible. Have you been there? That it has been so difficult that rock became your, your pillow? You see, the people that we are following, they have been through. They have been through thin and take different things, but it did not change them. It rather made them strong in the God that they, they followed. Hallelujah. Can you believe that? I mean, you get to a place, 32, 34, you are 35 and you are still patching. You are still patching with your friends. You are the last to sleep and the first to wake up. You have a mat, you, you have become specialist. How to fold a mat and how to lay a mat. You do it like that and it goes. <laughs> when you wake up, you have a way. You, but it shouldn't change you, hallelujah. Hold on. And Bible said that night, he had a dream. And in this dream, he saw a ladder going to the top somewhere. And angels were ascending and descending. And he saw that the Lord God was at the top of it. And the Lord introduced himself and said, I am the Lord God. It's amazing that when he comes to Abraham, he said, I am the Lord God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. So Isaac is the God, but to Abraham is the Lord God of Abraham and the God of Isaac. And he said to you, I will give the land that you are lying on. And he began to tell him what is going to happen. Your, your, your descendants shall be like the dust. And he said, I am going to bless you. You will multiply. In thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. And he spoke and spoke and spoke. And God, when he finished, Jacob was very happy the promises that God has made. And he did not want, you know, he did not want God to change from what he has said. He did not want God to change from what he has said. So he wanted to sign an agreement. Tell somebody, covenant with God. Tell another person, covenant with God. Hallelujah. Do you know that God can change his mind? Oh yes, God can change his mind. In, in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2, is it the verse number 30? But he told Eli, he said, you are going to walk before me forever, you and your descendants. Wherefore the Lord God of Israel said, I said indeed, this is God saying, he was talking to Eli. He said, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now, the Lord saith, be it far from me. I have changed my mind. Tell somebody I have changed my mind. You know, so when you read the Bible, you notice, you need to know, Jacob knew that God can change his mind. 
This guy should have entered into an agreement with God. He said, but look, I have changed my mind. God said, but be it far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me, despise me shall be lightly esteemed. It means you'll be a paperweight. You will not carry any much weight. Hallelujah. But Jacob did not allow this to happen to him. When he was... God has said to this prophet that you are going, your household is going to walk before me forever. Indeed, this is what is going to happen. The mistake he did was that he did not covenant with God. But Jacob, when God spoke, he said, I'm going to do this. He said, you know what? Let's enter into agreement. I believe in you. Yeah, that is why even at the wedding, at the wedding they signed. Not that you don't trust, I mean, to come to a place, it's just the right thing to do. Tell somebody, I'm going to covenant with God. Tell somebody, you need to agree with God. Hallelujah. So when you read further, the Bible says, when he, Jacob woke up, he said, hey, this place is a dreadful place. It's no other than the gate of heaven, which is the house of God. And somebody, you are in the house of God. And you are at the gate of heaven. Hallelujah. You need to learn to covenant with God. And how did Jacob covenant with God? He did not change the terms. He did not change anything that God said. He said, the things that you have said. The things, the very things that you have said. Can you see it? Can you go down? Okay. And Jacob vowed a vow saying, if... God will be with me. Earlier on, God has said, and I will be with you. And I will perform all that I have said with you. I will not leave you. So Jacob did not introduce any new terms. All he is saying that, well, you have said this, and I don't want you to change. Are you here? Sometimes Christians don't know how to get things from God. You are asking things that go contrary to the word of God. If you want to covenant with God, take the word of God. Hallelujah. So he said, if thou, if, if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I go. Are you there? And give me bread to eat and raiment to put on. So that I come again to my father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tent unto thee. But go up and see how God began to speak to him from verse number, is it 12? Yeah, behold, and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac, the land where on thou liest, to thee I will give it, and to thy seed. Continue. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. This is God speaking. Are you there? The next one. And behold, I am with thee. This is God speaking. 
He said that I am with thee and will keep thee in all ways whether thou goest. I'm going to be with you and I will keep you in all, wherever you will go, I'm going to be with you. And will bring thee again unto this land. For I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. 16. And Jacob awake. So you can see that Jacob just covenanted. I'm talking about covenant with God. He just said that whatever the dream you have given me, Lord, I want the fulfillment. I don't want to change it. You said I will be the head and not the tail. Let's covenant on this. You said when I go through the waters, I will not be drowned. When I go through the fire, it will not come against me. Let's covenant on what you have said. Hallelujah. You said I will live and not die. Let's covenant on it. What is the word of God you know that you are not covenanting? Hallelujah. Are you there? Covenant with God according to his word. He's not a man to lie, nor a son of man to change. But yes, he has spoken. He has said, but will it happen in your case? It depends on the covenant you have with him. Yeah, so Jacob did not leave it to chance. He said, you know what? You said it. You are God. You are faithful. Your name is unchanging. But I don't want you to. I just want to be sure that this thing will happen. So he covenanted. Said, let's sign an agreement. I'm putting down. These are the details, the consideration. If indeed you will be with me as you have said. And you take me and give me bread to eat. And um, raiment, dress. Raiment is another word for uh, clothing. Clothing to put on. You will not let my Jesse become a Jesse. And you will allow me to be having nice things. Then, then at the end of every month. If you let every month come, then at the end of every month. This stone, your house shall be built. And of all that you give me. You see, even the building of the house was not the tithe. He promised God that I'm going to contribute towards the building of your house. And again, of all that you give me, I am going to give the tenth. So he told God that the tithe will be assured. Hallelujah. Are you here? Yeah, so some people, sometimes they begin to talk about the fact that, oh, the tithe is the Old Testament is is not in the New Testament. This one, the Old Testament had not even started. This one, Old Testament had not started. This one, the Old Testament had not started. Because the Old Testament was actually written by Moses. And how does Moses come in? Moses was, I mean, if you think about how Jacob hmm, I mean, if you do that, you notice that from Jacob to Moses, it's very far. It's very, very far. So before the Old Testament, people were tightened. Hallelujah. But I'm talking this morning about covenant with God. What is the word of God that you really like to see God doing, implementing it in your life? Covenant with God. Hallelujah. A lady. Take your Bible and read where the Bible says it is no good for a man to be alone. And tell the Lord, I've been alone for some time. 
Yeah, I want this scripture to be fulfilled in my life. If thou will surely ensure that I am not alone, because I can say that it's no good for me to be alone. But I'm still alone. I want to covenant with you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Are you here? Yeah, if thy hand, the brothers are like. Hmm? Can't make a decision when you see this. You say, yeah, she's the one. When you say, oh, it looks like this one. Every day you see the person, then the next day you change your mind. Just covenant. Choose one and believe God. Hallelujah. Pray and God is going to make sure that he brings it to pass. Hallelujah. He said, we will be the head and not the tail. Covenant with him. He said, I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Covenant with him. Are you there? Said by his stripes were healed. Said I want to feel this. I'm covenanting with you. The healing that you promise. Let it be. You say you, you will bless our uh, bread and you bless our water. Covenant with him. Amen. What is the word of God that you know? What is that? Why are you forcing to die before 80 years? He said the days of man will be three score years and ten. If by reason of strength it become four score years. Eighty at least. Say so your days will be 70. But if you are strong, it will go to 80. So don't force and die before that time. Covenant with him. Say, Lord, you said our days shall be what? Three score years and ten. Three score years is sixty, ten, seventy. Hallelujah. May you covenant with God. When you covenant with God, it ensures that God's word that He has spoken concerning your life come to He can change His mind. Amen. You know, anytime I read about uh, Eli, how the Lord said that I have changed my mind. David also covenanted with the Lord. Time will not permit us. But when you read Second uh, uh, Samuel, I think chapter 7, when Nathan came and gave the prophecy, what he's going to do and all that, Bible says, and David went and sat before the Lord. And he said, Lord, are you indeed going to do this? Who is David that you are so interested in him? And David spoke and spoke and spoke because he has said that he is going to build him a house. He said, no. You will not build me. Don't build because I have used you to fight and to war. Your hands are bloody by your son who will come after you. And as David went and also the same way that the Lord said, then David came, went, okay, then went King David in and sat before the Lord. Are you there? And he said, who am I, O Lord? And what is my house that thou has brought me hitherto? And this was yet a small thing in thy sight, O Lord. But thou hast spoken also of thy servant's house as a great, uh, for a great while to come. And, this, and is this the manner of a man? Oh, God, continue. And what can David say more unto thee? For thou... Lord God, knowest thy servants for thy word's sake, 
and according to thine own heart, hast thou done all these great things to thy servant? Okay, continue. Wherefore, thou art great, O Lord God, for there is none like thee, neither there is thee. Okay, the next one. And what one nation is in the earth? Okay. But it continues. When you read further, it continues and begin to. Then God spoke again that, you know, even before I'm going to ensure that even if your son, your son will really sit on the throne. And even if your son does something wrong, I will not remove him. I will always ensure that I leave someone on your throne. That is why after uh, Solomon, when Jeroboam took over and he started the tribe, Bible said that God left him one, one, one tribe to be a king. Hallelujah. Covenant will ensure that God's word concerning you come to pass. This morning, that is the offering and the tithe you are giving. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your word that will never be broken. Lord, this morning, we are covenanting with you. You said when we honor you with our first and best, our tithe, you open the windows of heaven and bless us that there shall not be room enough to contain it. Lord, I have spoken. Let everyone who have seeded, those who have honored you, who have paid their tithe. Lord, this morning we are here again. We are doing it again. Oh, Lord, let your word, let your word uh, be, oh, yes, invoked in our behalf. In the name of Jesus, I pray for your sons and I pray for your daughters. I pray, oh yes, everyone who has paid tithe, those who are paying, those who will pay. Lord, as we covenant with you concerning your word, open the windows of heaven and bless us that there shall not be room enough to contain it. Lord, we are giving. Cause men, cause men to give back unto us. Press down, shaking together running over. We pray for it. We ask for it in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for your blessing and thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Please stand to your feet. Help me to welcome none other than our own bishop, the son of Bishop Doug Hayward Mills, our pastor, Bishop Napoleon Essien. Hallelujah. Oh, I did not hear your loudest amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. How many know that all things are working together for our good? Amen. How many are taking up your crosses and you are going to follow the master? Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We give you glory. We give you honor. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your mercies. Thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you for bringing us together. And as a church, Lord, we lift our voices and we say thank you for how good you've been to us. We give you all the glory and honor. Lord, this morning we say have your way. Let your word have its free course in our hearts. Do something in our lives. Heal our bodies. Heal our diseases. Let confusion be of us, Lord. Let depression not be part of us. 
Let every sickness, every condition be healed now in the mighty name of Jesus. By the power of the Holy Ghost, Lord, deliver us from every snail, every uh, case that has effect on us. We thank you for the wisdom that comes from you. Please grant unto us the spirit of understanding. Oh, yes, that this morning we will be changed by the reason of your word. May your word be written upon the tables of our hearts. May we be changed because we came. Holy Spirit of God, have your way in Jesus' name. And all shall shout, Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody put your hands together and give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Please be seated in heavenly places. Wow. Well, we've been sharing and talking about many accord. How many have noticed that you are called? By this time, I'm sure you should know that you are called. If many are called, you must be one of those who are called. Hallelujah. You know, I don't know why you exclude yourself from the calling of God. I don't know why. Because if they brought, if we are 400 in this auditorium now, and they brought 350 cars. Uh, do you understand what I'm saying? We are 400, if we are 400 over here, and they brought uh, 350 cars. How many will want to be part of the Listen before you lift your hand. I don't, you don't know where the thing is going. So the way you are lifting your hand. How many will want to be part of the 50 who will not have the car? Are those people that didn't come? <laughs> you see, so for you to be here, that we are talking about many are called. And you are still thinking that maybe you are not called. It's a very wrong foundation. <laughs> because if even the cars, if we are 400 here and the cars are 390, I'm sure that you, you wouldn't want to be part of the 10. In fact, the 10, you would think to yourself that what kind of case is following me? How can I be? How can I be in the, I mean, just the 10 people who are not going to have? It will, you yourself, you'll not be happy with yourself. Are you here? If God is calling many people, if God is calling many people, and you know as much as I do, that if you were God and you had seven to eight billion people ready to perish, ready to go to hell, you will not call few pastors. Will you call few pastors to help you to bring them to heaven? Certainly not. How can few pastors help 8 billion uh, ungrateful sinners who are all over the world? That is why when you read the Bible, he even used donkeys. He needed to use anything he would find. If donkey can speak to you to do the right thing, I will use the donkey. At a point, Jesus said that now, even stones, 
stones can join to worship and to praise God if you are refusing to do what. So you, you notice that you cannot exclude yourself. Hallelujah. When you read uh, Matthew chapter 9, it says that the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Is it there in your Bible, Matthew chapter 9, I think from 37, 38 and 39. Look at it. Bible says, and when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad. He has sought, he saw them, he has seen them, they were together. Do you understand? But he, he saw, Bible is saying that he was moved with compassion because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Continue. Then said he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but what? The laborers are few. So already they, we have problem. Already there's a problem. How, can, how many can see that there's a problem already? Because the harvest is what? Plenteous. And the laborers are. So with you, in addition, we are already few. As you are here, we are. So when you also don't respond to the call, then you are introducing crisis to already problem. Even with you, already we are few. So when you also decide that you are not going to do what, you are not going to obey the call, you are not going to do what God will have you to do, then you are com complicating. Have you heard of uh, complicated uh, fractures? Sometimes somebody has a, a fracture, but it's complicated. They don't know what to do with it. The situation is complex. We have a problem at hand, and the problem we have at hand is that the harvest is plenteous. When are we going to start? Even in parklands, we, we have parklands north, parklands south. We have table view, Mount Norton. All these places need, they are individual churches. So for us to be here alone is not enough. When are we going to go to Atlantis? When are we going to go to Mammersbury? When are we going to go to Mulberry? Uh, mention the names. Bevel. Bevel, Bevel. When are we going to go to Bevel? <laughs> when are we going to go to Paro? Uh, when are we going to be in Paro? When are we going to be in Worcester? How about Paro? Oh, I can see the wedding couples over here. My God. Please, please uh, come, come and sit here. Come close to Oh, put your hands together for them. Wow. Please be seated. Be seated. I'm preaching. Don't spoil my preaching. Hallelujah. Amen the men. And amen the ladies. So, I'm saying that if you don't respond, you notice that you have already introduced crisis into the existing problem. Amen. Already the harvest is truly plenteous, but the laborers are few. Tell somebody, I urge you not to complicate our existing problems. But this happens. This actually happens. Our problems are being complicated. The issue of saving the lost. The issue of saving the Lord, the 8 billion, is getting more complicated. As people don't respond to the call. 
as we have more nurses, more doctors, more accountants, more engineers, more what? Surveyors, more technicians, more teachers, more what? Drivers by a few pastors. If you're, some of you, you are here, you're a Christian, but if your son came to tell you that I want to be a pastor, you will slap the guy and say, hey, think again. Hmm? Say I'm lying. Is that not the truth I'm saying? You, you even as a Christian, if you, your son or your daughter says, I want to be a lady pastor, you look at <laughs> You, you think that, I mean, you have wasted your, your money. So, yeah, you have paid. Okay, that's enough for. Are you here? And it becomes this way because of what is in our hearts. So that is my topic, this, what is in your hearts. What is in your hearts. What is in your heart is what determines. Hallelujah. If it's not in your heart, it's not in you. Have you wondered? How many have, how many know some scriptures that when you had a dream, the scriptures did not surface? You saw demons and you saw other things and you were running. There was no power in you. You know, some, that, that is what happens. When you know scriptures, please everybody sit down. Don't slouch. Sit up. Yeah. Very good. When you have a dream and you cannot quote a scripture, ninjas are following you, but you cannot, you cannot become a powerful uh, uh, operator, a ninja yourself. And you know, in the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus works. You know the power of the blood. All these things are there, but you are not able to say even Jesus. How many have been there? Something is happening in the dream or something. You want to say Jesus, but the Jesus is not coming. You want to say in the name of Jesus or by the blood of Jesus. You want to say something, but in all the things you know, it's not, you don't know it in the dream. Yeah, because you know it in your mind. It's not in your spirit. If it's not in your heart or your spirit, it's not in you. Tell somebody, nothing just happened. The things that you do are the things that is in your heart. You cannot just wake up and say, you are going to fornicate with somebody. No. The only time you rise up to implement the thing you have meditated upon it, it has crossed the mind. And now sunk deep into your heart. And when it enters into your heart, the, the problem has, you know, so when it's in your heart, where that is just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. That is why it is very important. Jesus spoke to us. He said it is very important. He said, take heed what you hear and how you hear it. Because what you hear can cross the barrier. It can cross the barrier of the, of the mind. You see, when you hear something, it goes through the flesh, the, your, 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 your ears. Then when you think about it, you, you meditate upon it, it comes into your mind. 
And when it's sitting in the mind for a long time, it's like the troops are massing. Do, do you understand? Then it can cross from there into the heart. Now, when it enters into the heart, it's like, so you see somebody misbehaving, but not really, but it gets to a point, you notice that it's out of, I mean, control. Now, the thing is in the heart. I'm talking about what is in your heart. And when we talk about the heart, we are not talking about the biological heart that pumps blood. The heart of a man is the spirit, okay? So your heart is your spirit, and your soul is your mind, and your flesh is your body. So when you read the Bible, and the Bible is talking about the heart of man is desperately wicked. It's not talking about the biological heart. It's talking about the spirit of a man. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 23, the Bible says, Keep thine heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. What is going to happen in your life? That's what I'm talking about. If it's not in your heart, it's not in you. Your life is going to be affected by what is in your heart. What you have meditated and you have allowed to get into your heart will begin to play out. Whatever you have allowed to sink deep down your heart will begin. If you don't believe in something to the extent that is in your heart, it will not affect you. Things that will affect you are the things that are in your heart. Things that will happen to you are the things in your heart. Things you believe, not things that somebody has said and you, no. Those ones, look, I will show you something. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. I'm trying. What is in your heart? Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12. Look at this. Can we read it together? One, go. For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and and of the joint, and is the discerner of the thoughts and the intent of the heart. Hallelujah. So Bible says that the word of God, it is only the word of God that can affect the three dimensions. Man is a spirit, he has a soul, and lives in a body. Are you getting the Bible says there's a dividing ascender. If we put, can I have some uh, books Okay, so okay, so when we take this to be uh, these three books, maybe this is the body, the soul, and the spirit. Can you see it? Okay, so. Can you see all the three of them? Okay. Can you see all the three of them? Bible said there's a dividing ascender. So for things to get into your spirit, the thing must go through your body, enter your soul, which is the mind, and go into your heart, which is your spirit. 
Do you understand? That is why many people don't understand when they are doing things. Say, I have done that. It's not going away. I have prayed it's not going away. The thing is in your spirit. So for things that are in your spirit also to go away, there's a way to do it. For instance, if you have done things or things are already in your how do you get it out of your spirit? You also need to begin to confess. You confess. Maybe you believe that you are, uh, what, somebody recently believed in the U.S. that he's a deer. And the hunter shot him at the bush. He said he, he, he was hunting. So if you're a deer. So maybe you believe that you, you are something. If you believe that, if you believe that you are a wood or you are a tree and it's entered into your heart, how do you get yourself, okay, to a point that you don't believe, okay, that you are a tree? Some people are sitting here. You believe sincerely in your heart that you will not do well. And it's in your heart. It does not go away by just hands being laid on you. No. The thing is in your heart. That's what the Bible says. That Keep your heart with all diligence. Because out of it are the issues of life. Because what you have believed unconsciously, the marriage of your auntie and of your uncle that you saw, that you have believed unconsciously, is going to make you never to get married. Because it's not in your mind. It is deep down your heart. It's settled. You are, you are not even worried about it. You know that you know that you're not married. You know that you know that marriage is not for you. Not because you have said it, but it is deep down your heart. Now, how do you get it out? How do you get it out? Now, you need to begin to confess, I will get married. I will get married. I have a good marriage. I'm married. Until that enters into your soul, your mind, and you keep confessing it, and I will get married, I will have good marriage, and my marriage is nice, move from your mind and enters your spirit. You are going, I'm telling you, they can pray for you, they can anoint you, but you will still not get married. Because the thing is in your spirit. Confession is the only way to get things into your spirit and out of your spirit. I remember one day, uh, somebody called me. She was having uh, an issue. Um, a, a lady, and she was bleeding. She gone to the hospital several times. It will stop and come again. It will stop and come. She was now tired. And I remember she called me. I prayed for her. It stopped. Within two weeks, it came again. I prayed for her. The second time, it stopped. After three weeks, it came again. And as I was about to pray for her, the third time, I heard a spirit tell me, it is in the spirit. Get it out. So how do I get it out? I said, let her confess that I don't bleed. I don't bleed. So she confess it more than, until it enters her, her spirit. So I, I, I was with her on the phone. On the phone, I said, say with me, I don't bleed. There is no discharge. I don't bleed. I, I don't know how many times we confess and confess. At a point, I help her. I think she fell to the ground. When she woke up, it 
things that are in your spirit, there's no goal by coming to get an anointing. No, 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 no. Some of you believe since that you'll be poor. You don't say, is it? And the, let me tell you, the things that are in your spirit, you don't even talk about it. It is settled. It is a quiet assurance. It is there. It's like your name. You don't argue with anybody about your name. Because it is certain, you know that it's your name. If somebody begins to call you Charles and you are not Charles, you don't even think about it. Because your name is certain, you are calm about it. Yeah. So what? Things that don't even float up, they are rather embedded, hidden down your heart. And people don't answer the calling because of what is in our hearts. Different things are in our heart. That's why we'll be here. We are talking. Many are called. Everybody like I'm saying. You wouldn't want to be part of the tender will not have the car. You, and sometimes you don't even know why you don't respond to the call. You know you are called. You know you will. But you don't even know. Because of what is in your heart. Are you here? And the Bible says. That the word of God is the sword of the spirit. So when the word of God does not enter your spirit, it does not become sword. The word of God is not the sword of the mind. The word of God is not the sword of the flesh. In Ephesians chapter 6, can you see it? Yeah, it talks about verse number 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Go on, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the walls of the devil. For we wrestle. Somebody say we wrestle. wrestle. So you are wrestling, whether you know or not, you are wrestling. Against, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness. Therefore, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. Because you are wrestling, Bible also says that then take some tools, the armory, take the armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the walls, okay? Against the, ye uh, may be able to withstand in an evil day, and having done all to stand. Then he begins to tell you what you should take. Next one. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, that's the belt, having on the breastplate of righteousness, the next one, and your feet sought with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Continue. And above all, taking the shield of faith, where, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the, underline it, the sword of the which is the word. So until the word of God enters your spirit, it's not a sword. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So you may know, I am healed by his stripes, I am healed by it's in your mind. That is why you are not healed by it. Unless that word enters into your spirit. Unless it enters. That is why pastors preach and it doesn't have effect on the members. Because when you preach from your mind, if the word is not in your hearts, 
and you are just talking. It doesn't change anyone. The only time the word of God has power to change a life is the word that is in the heart of a pastor. So when pastors preach about things they don't believe in, it doesn't affect them. They are, yeah, you need to watch. You need to look. When people are preaching about money, you notice that, hey, they really believe in money. And see them preaching about soul winning. You notice that it is scriptures they are giving. It's not something they believe in. It's not something they would die. But when it is money, hey, see that themselves come. Money, come back to me. They have thousands of scriptures about money. And they can give testimonies about money. How money do this. How money. But when you tell them to tell you about how to win souls, you know, they know it's important to win a soul. And anyone who win, win a soul will do well and all that. But when it comes to money, <laughs> hey, then the, you can see that what makes the persons of that thing is in the, in the person's heart. So we don't. What is in your heart? The, the reason why we know that we are called, but you cannot even respond to it, is what is in your heart. I'm trying. Yeah. So what is in your heart will cause you. You just watch. Can I tell you how to find out what is in your heart? You can find out what is in your heart when you are not cautious. Just watch what you talk about. What, what you talk about. What are the things that you talk about? You will see the things that you are always talking about. They are the things in your heart. Yeah. Because the Bible says, out of the abundance, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Hallelujah. It is what is in your heart that you begin to talk about. And if you want to hear somebody talking, not when the person is aware is talking to you. Hear the person talking to her friends or his friends. When nobody knows, nobody is watching you and you are among your friends, that is when you begin to see what is in the laban, the heart of the person. Oh, I'm going to do this. this uh, you notice that people's hearts are filled with things. When they are themselves and nobody is watching, they are at ease. You notice Matthew chapter 12. I'm trying. Matthew chapter 12. Oh, generation from verse number 34. It says, Oh, generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, mouth, the mouth speaketh. It says it is not possible for a good thing to come from an evil person. You see, so sometimes you see evil people saying good things. It's not coming from the heart. They even forget. I, I once uh, watched a documentary. Is it a documentary or a news channel? And I heard what Malema said in parliament. He was talking about... Uh, what do you call state of the nation address that a president has given. And the president was saying, oh, we are going to take the land, we are going to uh, uh, take the land from the wife, this and this. Then he said something that came to me. I said, this guy knows what he's saying. He said, when you look at who is saying what he's saying, you know that he doesn't believe even what he's saying. 
<laughs> no, the guy said, it's like he just saying something he doesn't believe in. And I'm like, how do you know that he doesn't? He said, look at what he's saying. He can see that he doesn't believe in what he's saying. Nothing will happen. Are you, are you here? Even somebody who is saying with his own, it is, it's not in the heart. An unbeliever. I don't know whether he goes to church. But a political figure is able to tell somebody that what he's saying is not from his heart. Then you are a Christian. You should know better. Hallelujah. Bible says, how can ye being evil speak of good things? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. 35. Verse number 35. The Bible says, oh, you've gone to chapter 13. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. So your heart is called a treasure. Yeah, that's your treasury. The things you put there is going to affect your life. It's out of the abundance of the heart. So if you want your life to be very uh, proper, try and get nice things into your heart. And Bible says uh, the things that comes off your heart, the things that are in your heart is going to affect your life. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Keep your heart with all diligence because out of it are the issues of life. The things that is going to affect your life is going to get. So why won't you get nice things into your heart? Why won't you put something nice that you want to see in your heart? If you do that, it's going to affect your life. Amen. Because what will happen is what you have put into your heart. The things that you are going to use are the things you have saved in your treasury. I see you putting nice things into your heart. Amen. So there are scriptures that point to the fact that, look, your heart is very important. In Revelation chapter 3 verse number 20. It's a scripture that all of us have used before when we are doing altar call for the evangelist. Say, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Amen. But this scripture that we always quote, when we are leading people to Christ, we quote it. Surprisingly, this is not for unbelievers. This scripture is not is for a believer. It's, I'm, I'm talking about what is in your heart. Jesus was talking to the church. If you know, this part of the letters that he wrote to the seven churches. And he was telling the church that I am knocking. The believers said, I am knocking at the door of your heart. I am standing at the door and I am knocking. If you open. If you hear and you open, I will knock. I will come in and I will serve with you and you with me. Hallelujah. So don't think that this miss, uh, what the scripture is for an unbeliever. It's for you. Jesus is telling me and he's telling you that he's knocking at the door of your heart. If only you open for him to come in. Because there are things in our hearts. There are things in our heart that does not allow us 
to lift our Bible and to do what God will have us to do. Because some of us, we have filled it with different things. Yeah, you may, you may have a Bible. You may be here this Sunday in the morning. But what is it that is in your heart? What is it that has entered your heart? What is it that you think about? What is it that you meditate about? Like we saw, there is a dividing ascender through the bone and marrow. That is the flesh. To the soul. That is the mind. And to the spirit. That is your heart. So there's a dividing ascender. So things, that's why people get born again. When they get born again, you notice that they still, the spirit has changed. Do you understand? But it goes it goes on to affect the body. Give anybody who is born again, the person may dress indecently for some time. But at, at a point, you notice that the change that has happened in the spirit affect the soul and even affect the body of the person. Hallelujah. Are you here? That is the parable that Jesus taught, uh, told us. About the woman. He said the kingdom of God is like a woman. That took a measure of yeast. And hid it in three measures of flour. Until it affected the whole. And the three measures is talking about the spirit, the soul, and the body. That the word of God is like an yeast. If you hide it in the measure of the flour. It must affect. The word of God must affect your spirit to be born again. It must affect your mind to change what you think about. And the word of God must affect your body, how you look. So you cannot say that my heart is what is important. You need to allow the word of God to affect all the three measures. Can I hear all this? Amen. Amen. What is in your heart? If it's not in your heart, it's not in you. Watch. When you have dreams and you are in danger and you cannot quote a scripture, it's not in your heart. Watch. When you have dreams and you are always being chased and you are not powerful, there's nothing in your heart. Sometimes you are in church, but when you, ha- you have a dream, you see that you are an unbeliever. Yeah. One day I heard my father talking about how he prayed. He fasted and prayed and God showed him what is in his heart. I said, oh, it's a good thing to do. I also fasted. I prayed for 21 days. And God showed me what was in my heart. I won't tell you. Hey! <laughs> when I saw what I said, only God can say this because I will argue with anyone. I, will, I would have argued. What is in your heart? Oh... You see, what was in my heart, I did not know it. I did not feel like it, but it was there. And I started praying, the Lord, take it away. Lord, take it away. Do you know what is in your heart? Do you know some of us money? When you, I'm telling you, some of us woman is in your heart. Some of us politics. Some of us soccer is in your heart. Yeah. You know, you know all the teams with all the, for some reason, for some reason, the players are 12 and the apostles are 12. But you know all the players, but you don't know all the apostles. I don't want to accuse you this morning. But I'm preaching. Oh, may, may, may the word be in your hearts. 
in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The story of Margaret. Have you heard about the story of Margaret? Yeah, yesterday we had a wedding, so it will be a good story. Margaret. Somebody say Margaret. A, a German soldier, a young guy, married. And when he married, oh, it was, it was, the honeymoon was not even over. Then this World War II began. So they took all the people to go and fight in the war. And who did they capture? Margaret's husband. Oh, he just got married. Now they took him to go and fight. So before leaving, he gave the wife a thousand kisses. <laughs> Margaret then said bye-bye. Margaret, I love you, Margaret. So I also love you. Why are you going? The government is taking him to go to war. And as they went to the war, they put this guy on the front line. Fighting with the Russian. And the very first encounter with the Russian, he was arrested. And he became a prisoner of war. And as he was there, he was thinking every day, Margaret. Oh, Margaret. My, my Margaret. My Margaret. Oh, Margaret. And he prayed and asked the Lord, please deliver me. May I not be killed. I want to go back to my wife. I want to go back to Margaret. I love Margaret. Oh, so the guy who every day when he's carrying, you know, prisoners of all, they do different chores. If he's carrying a rock, he cannot, he mentioned the name of Margaret. Margaret. It's like, I don't need to die here. It continued for two years. And finally, the war came to an end. And they said they were going to release some prisoners of war. And the guy was shouting, Margaret, Margaret, I'm going to Margaret. So the Russian came with the list of the prisoners that were going to be released. And the guy was dancing in his mind. Today, I'm going to Margaret. When they mentioned the names on the list, surprisingly, his name was not there. Oh, so his heart was broken. And he was saying, Margaret, Margaret. Then just a week after, they brought another list. When they read, his name was not there. Again, hope deferred. Make her the heart to sick. That guy was now even more hopeless. Then a week after, they brought another list. And this time, his name was there. Hey, then he shouted, Margaret! I'm going to Margaret. Oh, he was so happy, Margaret. I'm going to my lover, Margaret. I'm going... Then, the guy got back to Germany. Into the city, began to look around. Almost all the buildings were flattened. They have blasted and bombed all. But as he roamed the town, he noticed that his, his building, their building was alone standing there. Then he lifted his hand and said, Margaret! So he went and he stood behind the door and began to knock. 
Boom, 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 boom. But nobody was answering. He said, Margaret. Boom, boom. He was knocking, banging the door. Margaret, Margaret, Margaret. Then at a point, he, he heard some footsteps. Then she, he recognized that these are the footsteps of Margaret. Margaret is coming to open the door. Oh, he was even more happier. Then as he stood by the door, the door opened. And he saw who? Margaret! Now he was looking fairer than the moon. moon, moon. She was looking nicer. More beautiful than even the wedding day. So she, he shouted, Margaret! But something terrible happened. The guy wanted it. Mar- Margaret slammed the door. Boom! Then, then the guy said, Margaret, I am your husband! So the guy started banging the door even more. Boom, 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 Margaret! They mentioned his name. I am your husband, man. I am the one who paid the lobola. I am the one. I put the ring on your finger. This is my ring. He was, he was shouting, Margaret, it's me. Margaret, it's me. But Margaret wouldn't open. The beautiful Margaret wouldn't open. The Margaret who has become so sweet and nicer wouldn't open. Do you know why? Should I tell you why? Margaret was with somebody else in the room. Somebody else is in the room with Margaret. That is why Margaret is not opening for the rightful husband. And this is the story of me and you. Jesus is shouting, I am your savior. I died for you. I paid for your, your sins. I am the one they pierced my side because of you. I, I, I was tortured. I paid all your sins. I paid for your sins. I bought you with my precious blood. He calls your name. I, I have called you. Rise up and save me. And we slammed the door. Because money is in our hearts. Because fame is in our hearts. Alcohol is in our hearts. Girls and boys are in our hearts. Politics is in our hearts. Sports is in our hearts. And the man is shouting, Margaret! Jesus' heart is broken. So I died for you. I died for you. I died a shameful death for you. And I'm calling you to save me. He said, no, no. Dresses is in my heart. Sports is in my heart. Money, fame, politics, car. Cars are in my heart. Different thing. What is in your heart? I'm told the reason why Margaret slammed the door is because there's somebody else in the room. The reason why we don't answer the call. What is in your heart? What is in your heart that is making you? After he has died for us, he's paid for us. What has Jesus not done? He died a shameful death. A sinless man lived just to die for the salvation of his friends. But we slammed the door. Why are you not doing anything for God? Next week is Bishop's birthday. We are celebrating. We are going to have a, a swelling Sunday. Everybody is inviting at least 
at least two people, make sure you bring them physically, practically to the church. Why don't we pray? Because something else in our, our hearts. Why don't you read your Bible? Something else. Why don't you help the things of God? Why don't you help anybody? Something else. Something else. And your lover, your lover, your lover who died for you, who paid for our sins, who died a disgraceful and shameful death for us to be saved. We are saved, born again. But we slam the door. Why is the church quiet? Hey, what is in your heart? I'm talking. The reason why you don't want to answer the call is what is in your heart. Some of us, money is in our heart. Some of us, leisure is in our heart. Laziness is in our heart. You turn on the bell like hinges. You are like door hinges on the bed. You roam like this. And you, you are like a rev- revolving door on your bed. Even to come to church on time is a problem. Yeah. What is in your heart? I'm talking about what is in your heart. But I can, I can tell you that you can change. You can, you can, you can, there's a way you can set your hearts. Hallelujah. Turn your Bibles with me, Colossians. Colossians chapter 3, verse number 2. Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. Can we read it together? One go. Set your affections on things above. Not on things on the earth. Set your affections. Hallelujah. How many are going to set your affections? Listen to me. Listen to me. I did not know. But the Bible shows us. It says, set. Do, you, do we all have phones? Do we all have phones? If you take your phone, there's something called settings. Bible says, we also are, there's a setting. You can set. You see, you can set the theme of your of your phone. You can change the wallpaper. You can change. You can change it to whatever. Set your affections. Settings. Can we go to the settings of your phones? Can we have the settings? You can set the phone such that when anybody calls, it will not come in. You change the settings to uh, uh, flight mode. Yeah, yeah. You can change the settings. Some of us. Our settings are on food. Change it. Some of us, our settings are on money. Change it. Set your, set, set the affair, your love. Where is your love? Where is the settings? I'm coming home. I'm, I'm now talking to you. Where is the setting? Take your phone and look and see that you can change settings. You can change the settings. And God is saying that set your affection. Set it. Don't think that it is going to come if you don't set it. Have you noticed that your, your, your uh, phone does not go to the flight mode by itself? You need to set it there. Do you think that you are going to love God? You will be there, then you start loving. No, you need to set it. You set your affections on the things of God. You set your affections on soul winning. You set, you begin to change, you begin to set it. Get some so you, you go to the 
you go to that place, the settings, and you press it. You press till you get the settings you are looking for. Hallelujah. And as I end, Psalm 91. Psalm 91, verse number 14. Jesus. Psalm 91, verse number 14. Bible says, because he has set his love upon me. If you set it, I say, if you change the settings, God will also do something. But if you remove the settings and you just allow it to be on food, on, on, on sleeping, on sports, on politics, on money, on fame, on girls, on boys, and even on people's husbands and people's uh, small girl like you, you have a sugar daddy. And you are not afraid of the person's stomach. One day the stomach will burst on you, you will see something. Small girl like you, you see somebody's father with the stomach like that and you are touching it. Hey! Is that where you are setting your affections? Small boy like you, you are sleeping with your grandfather and your grandmother. A boy. A boy, you are sleeping with somebody's uh, auntie. Is that where you have set your affection? And there are people there who are also setting, they are also looking for some. You are setting your affection if also I can get a sugar mommy and a sugar daddy. You are looking for a blesser. You want to be a trophy wife. That's where your affections are. Change your affection. Set your affection on things that are above. Hallelujah. I'm so winning. Yeah, we want to do competition. We want to say, I can pray in tongues for 10 hours. I can pray continually for 12 hours. I can pray continually for one day. I can win souls every day. Hey, I can. I can. Ah, yeah, but I can quote scriptures. I can quote the whole of uh, Romans chapter 8. I can quote the whole of John chapter 1. We want proper competition. Set your affections on the scripture. On soul winning. Said this month I have won 20 souls. Next month I'm going to win 30 souls. Next month I'm winning 40 souls. Every month I'm winning more souls than the previous month. My shanto tire bande. Moka bando sende lima huta. Hey, ya bando ronde. Set your affection on things above. You begin to even have visions and dreams. When people are telling us, Dreams and vision they have had of angels and other things you are telling us of boyfriends that you, you, you have been sleeping with. Change the settings. Set your affection. Because he has set his love. Because he has set it. He set it. He said, you can set your love on food, on different things, on shoes, on dresses, on food. Some people, when they see food, you see that they are conversing. Hey, it's food. Hey. Change the settings from food and set it on something proper. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. Hallelujah. Deliverance is for those who have set their love on him. As you change the settings of your love and you turn it on God and on things above, I see God delivering you. He has delivered us from coronavirus. He will deliver you from accident. He will deliver you from poverty. He will deliver you from failure. He will deliver you from accident. 
Whatever wants to kill you, God will deliver you. I promise you deliverance according to his word. Receive deliverance. Be delivered. Be delivered. Be delivered. Deliverance in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Because you have said, when the settings change, deliverance will be assured. Ha! Therefore, I will deliver him. And I will set him on high. Oh, somebody, you know below. I said, you know below. God said, because you have changed the settings, he will also set you on high. I see you being high. You'll be high in even your school mark. You'll be high in your salary. You'll be high in the ranking. You'll be high in the society. You'll be high in whatever you are doing. In the name of Jesus. Oh, when you set your life, there is also a certain that God changes. He's putting you on a place. And I will set him on high because he has known my name. Verse number 15. Bible says, he shall call upon me when you change the settings. Say, you will call upon me and he will answer him. I promise you answered prayer. I said, I promise you answered prayer. God will answer your prayer. Even when you are joking and you pray, God will answer it. There is nothing like you are joking. That's why you need to be careful what you say. Don't, don't make little jokes and other negative jokes. I'm just joking. No, even when you are joking, let it be nice. One day somebody was giving an example. He said, imagine that uh, you are poor. And said, even in the imagination, I can't be poor. It's not possible. Even in the it doesn't work. I can't imagine me poor. So change it is not a good example. Even when you are, I can't be poor in your imagination. It doesn't work. Correct the people before. Are you here? He said, you call on me. And I will answer. May, may God answer you. I said, may God answer you. He will answer your prayer concerning your life. Concerning your children. Concerning your family. Concerning your business. Concerning your profession. I see God answering you. Because you have set your affection. What is in your heart? Hallelujah. He said, I will be with him in trouble. Remember? He did not say there will not be trouble. He did not say there will not be trouble. I promise you troubles. But God will be with you in trouble. You see, troubles with God is no trouble. Ah, I said, troubles with God is no trouble. Hallelujah. When you are in trouble and God is with you, you don't feel it. That is when you walk through, when you walk through, when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou shalt fear no evil, for thou art with me. You are with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. May the Lord be with you. Whatever trouble and wherever is coming from, I don't know. But what I know is that because you have changed the settings of your life, God will be with you in the name of Jesus. Are you there? And finally, he said, and I will, I will what? Honor him. Yeah. And with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. How many want to live long? Yeah. Long life is inserting your affection. Oh, you will live long. I say you will live long. You will have gray hair in the mighty name of Jesus. You will see your grandchildren. If Jesus tarries, you will see your great-great-grandchildren in the mighty name of Jesus. 
You shall not die suddenly. The Lord shall deliver you from all your fears in the mighty name of Jesus because you have set your love upon him. What is in your heart? Change the settings of your heart. Set it on things above. Set it on soul winning. Set it on prayer. Set it on fasting. Set it on the church of God and set it on God. Love God. Draw closer to him. Draw closer to him. Set your love on him and see how different your life will be. May the Lord bless you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. Let it be well with you. And let, the, let all that he has said and promised for those who set their love upon him be your portion. In Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by the word of God. Please worship with us every Sunday at 10 a.m. at LCI Megachurch, Lewisham Way, 79 Parklands Main Road, Cape Town, South Africa.